Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Third and final hour this morning on 1067 The Fan. Thanks so much for joining us today, everybody. I'm Danny Noakes. However you're tuned in today, we appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. If it's on the AM-FM dial on our stream at thefandc.com or on the Odyssey app, we're just glad to have you here. My buddy Ryan Clary back in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line if you want to jump in on the conversation. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll talk to 106.7 The Fan's own Linnell Willingham, pre- and post-game coverage for the Commanders each of the first couple of preseason games, and you hear him on overtime frequently here throughout the week. Excited to talk to Linnell about the Commanders' second preseason game. Yesterday, they fall 24-14 to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get back to football here in a moment. A couple of baseball tidbits before... We go back to UFC 278, a big event that also gave us a pretty big piece of information that I'm sure some people were speculating about, but to hear it actually come from the mouth of Dana White was pretty shocking and also hilarious because it was on a broadcast that featured Rob Gronkowski. But first baseball, real quick, we talked a little bit about Cade Cavalli and how good he's been in his last few starts for the Nationals. Well, now I have some numbers for you, courtesy of Nationals Player Development on Twitter, at Nats underscore player dev, if you want to follow the account. 68 and two-thirds innings of work over his last 13 starts. That's Cade Cavalli, 68 and two-thirds innings of work. 77 strikeouts, a 2.10 ERA, and a 1.024 whip rating. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty, pretty good. Over a strikeout per inning of work is what he's averaging right there. Nearly a sub-2 ERA. And 68 and two-thirds innings of work is is a good bit of work for 13 starts for him down there in Rochester playing for the Red Wings. So I think that's really, really good (laughs) and something to be excited about. We saw C.J. Abrams get his first work in a Nationals uniform earlier this week, and now he's up for the rest of the season. I imagine that Cade Cavalli is going to be up and make his Nationals debut here very soon. Grant Paulson, our own Grant Paulson of Grant and Danny, speculates on Twitter that it could be during the Nationals' next homestand. That's not official, far from it, but it seems like that could be a good place if you were going to bring Cade Cavalli up to the majors, that that would be the place to do it. So keep an eye on that. Cade Cavalli is dominating down there in Rochester for the Nationals right now. Real quick, another baseball note. And this was just fascinating to me. I saw somebody call it out on Twitter because it was it was very surprising. Marcelo Zuna is in the lineup for the Atlanta Braves today. August 19th, which was, yes, Friday, two days ago, 
Marcelo Zuna was arrested and charged with driving under the influence of alcohol. There's even video footage to go with it. The video, by the way, is of Ozuna telling the cops, I'm Ozuna from the Braves. So that's already turned into a, a new meme, if you will. Um, but he says, and he spoke to reporters maybe for uh, 18 seconds, I think it was, be- before the game against the Houston Astros. And he made a quick statement. He didn't take any questions. He said, I disappointed my team. I disappointed my family. I don't have anything to say more. It's a legal matter, end quote. I'm just kind of blown away that he is able to, despite the fact that he just got popped for a DUI, that he's allowed to play right now. Because the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, he just came back from a giant suspension because he was arrested last year, May 29th, on charges of aggravated assault by strangulation and battery after officers say they witnessed him attacking his wife. Now, charges ultimately got dropped there after he completed a pre-trial diversion program. But uh, I don't know. You tell me. There seems like a trend here, right? A couple of days after a DUI charge, he's back in the lineup. I don't know. Something's fishy about that. Maybe he gets off. But that is definitely a little bit weird. So Ozuna's still in the lineup for Atlanta. Now, UFC 278 last night. Very fun. Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards 2. Rematch of a fight that these two had back in 2015. Kamaru Usman won via unanimous decision. Kamaru Usman came in with all these accolades. And let me tell you something. They were very well deserved. A lot of people, and they would still say, he's the most accomplished welterweight in UFC history to this point. Maybe after last night, that's no longer true to some. I'm sure they'll still make that case. A lot of people think GSP is king, and it'll always stay that way. But Leon Edwards shockingly knocked Usman out in the final minute of the fifth round to win that welterweight championship belt last night. One of the most shocking finishes in UFC history. It's the fourth latest finish all time in UFC history. Usman had a 15-fight win streak, one shy of the record set by Anderson Silva. And Leon Edwards became the first Jamaican-born fighter to hold a UFC title belt and the second, only the second, England-based athlete to also hold the title belt. Think about that. All of the fighters that come from the UK, so few of them have held a title belt. And I believe the only other person UK-based that held a title belt was at one time Michael Bisping, who is now obviously one of one of the commentators for the UFC. But the fight, Usman was dominating 39-37 on the judges' scorecards before it went to the fifth, and then boom, Leon Edwards sent Kamaru Usman, as they say, to the shadow realm, and uh, fight ended. Pretty incredible. Edwards now unbeaten in 11 straight fights. Maybe he'll have himself a new record to eye down in, in terms of Anderson Silva's 15 fights. Uh, actually, 16. 15 was what Usman got. He was trying to break that record, but the most fascinating part of the broadcast and with only a couple of minutes left in this segment, we've already talked about it. We can do it a little bit later on in the show as well. UFC President Dana White dropped the absolute bombshell that he was helping to get Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Las Vegas Raiders and that a deal was actually in place and that John Gruden blew that deal up at the last minute. Dana said Tom was already looking for houses and it, it brings an episode of The Shop back full circle where 
Tom was talking to LeBron and company about how there was one team that wanted him, and then all of a sudden they didn't. And then Brady's famous quote was, you're going to stick with that guy? You're going to stick with that? He had a more choice of words, too, uh, uh, an expletive thrown in there. But it's crazy that Dana White was just kind of able to drop that in there after Gronk sort of poked him about it. And we got one of the most interesting factoids from from the NFL, from any of the NFL offseasons that have happened recently. Um just a, a really funny and fascinating piece of information right there. So uh, we're, we're running out of time, though, and I want to make sure that we give our buddy Linnell plenty of it when we come back. So let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. And when we return, we will talk some more Commanders preseason football with the one and only Linnell Willingham, pre- and post-game host for the Commanders and overtime host right here on 106.7 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Little Commander's Talk coming your way on a Sunday morning. How's everybody doing today? 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. It's on the stream, thefandc.com, and it's on the Odyssey app. Appreciate you being here. I'm Danny Noakes, Ryan Cleary, in studio producing the show. It's been fun so far, about three segments to go. We're off the air at noon, and we're talking a lot of football here as we welcome in our second guest of the day. Let's give a warm welcome to 106.7 The Fan's own Linnell Willingham, pre- and post-game coverage for the Washington Commanders, as well as an overtime host here. You can find him on Twitter. Give him a follow at Nell underscore BTP. Linnell, what's going on, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We got a lot to break down, my friend. I've been following your breakdowns on Twitter. I know you were locked in on the game. You've been at training camp all August long. So we got a lot to get into. And I think that we should start on the defensive side of the ball for this breakdown because 
We watched Patrick Mahomes take his Chiefs up and down the field pretty much at will yesterday. I said, yes, you definitely have to give Mahomes some credit for some of the ridiculous throws that he had yesterday. But at the same time, there are definitely still some concerns with the front four of this team. There was a lack of pressure. And on the backside, the defensive backfield, there were also a lot of plays left to be desired. So what were some of your takeaways from the defensive performance yesterday? Uh, I think, like you mentioned, you were, you, were, you were spot on giving credit to Patrick Mahomes. He's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League for a reason. But if you're Washington, that, that shouldn't be any type of excuse. You want to be you know, held in that high regard as one of the best teams in the league. So it shouldn't matter who comes in and plays. I mean, you still got to give your best effort. And that's the you know, thing that I had some issues with yesterday. Guys seemed gassed. Uh, this was the first extended work, really, for this first-team defense. And you saw it, you know, when they go on back-to-back 12-play scoring drives to open up the game, um, obviously things weren't good. I'm just re-watching the game right now, actually, as we're talking, and I'm on the first drive defensively. William Jackson III lined up eight yards off the football on first down. Like, it's certain things schematically that I'm not understanding that they're doing. They're not getting hands-on receivers, getting off the line of scrimmage. It's a lot of fundamental stuff that, that seems to be, you know, ailing this team right now. Yeah, and the the thing about specifically a play you mentioned with Jackson lining up so far off of one of those receivers is that Mahomes, Mahomes is going to know exactly what to do in a scenario I mean, like that. It, yeah, it's it, it's amazing. It, it really is. And I'm like, man, they get a first down on first and 10, the first play of the game. <laughs> William Jackson lined up eight yards off the ball. I think it was Valdez Scantling runs a seven-yard out route and gets a first down. Like, what? Set the tone. Let, let's be physical coming out to start. I was not happy with the seeing them lined up that far off the football. And it's not like it's something that, that stopped as the game progressed. I mean, they still were lined up too far off the ball the entire game. You saw the underneath stuff that they were able to hit. So Patrick Mahomes had a field there. Yeah, and, and you know, Kendall Fuller was, was on the receiving end of that first touchdown pass that, that Mahomes threw to his, his tight end. And then I like that Fuller came back a little bit later on in the game and, and made a nice play on a pass deflection in the end zone. But like you said, it I, I don't know if they were gassed or if – because he didn't seem to make a break on the ball at all on that play. Yeah, you talking about the touchdown pass? The touchdown yeah, pass, too. right. Yeah, I mean, Kendall Fuller's got to do a better job understanding who he's going against. The guy he was guarding is a 6'6 tight end, used his length to, 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 yeah. to, to put, push off of him and end up getting the touchdown. But Fuller's performance on the day, I thought he played the best out of anybody in the secondary. Probably. So I know he gave up the touchdown and it probably looks bad, but, I mean, you, you referenced the, the uh, deep pass breakup that he had. Um, he had another play over the middle where he came down and broke on the, on the football. He's had an excellent camp, so I was kind of disappointed to see him give up the touchdown. But I know heading into the season, Kendall Fuller's a guy that I'm not worried about. I know he's going to be ready to go. For this defense, though, Danny, I mean, you understand football. Like, you, you, you work with the, with the Hokies very closely. It is an 11-man sport. Mm-hmm. So if you've got 10 guys doing their job and one guy doesn't do their job, you're screwed. Like, and we saw that multiple times yesterday with Washington, which is why I have some type of optimism because it's like, well, all we got to do is get one more guy to do their job on every play, which is obviously, you know, <laughs> a lot uh, easier than it sounds. Sure. Yeah, and and you know at some point that you you have to expect that they're going to get Chase Young back, and you know factoring him in as another force on that defensive line 
I think a lot of those scenarios yesterday, Linnell, where they were almost getting home, but they wouldn't quite get there, right? On that ridiculous play where Mahomes is scrambling left, throws back across his body, sidearm to the right, I mean, and hits a guy over the middle. It's ridiculous, but Sweat did get a hand on him. They almost got home a few times yesterday. They did. And that the player that you're referencing by Mahomes is just like, come on. Like you, <laughs> no, no other quarterback in the National Football League could do that. I don't care if you're Rodgers. Josh Allen, everybody we're trying to put in this upper echelon of QBs. There's only one Pat Mahomes. So I wasn't even mad about that. But as you mentioned, though, the initial rush was good. Mm. Like Montez Sweat got hands on him. The opposite side defensive end was able to keep him contained for the most part. Got his hands up, almost got the deflection. But as we all know, it ended up in another Chiefs first down, which was the theme. Uh, all day long, pretty much. Any time that Mahomes was on the field, it was definitely a theme. We're talking with Linnell Willingham, pre- and post-game coverage for the Washington Commanders right here on 106.7 The Fan. He's an overtime host as well. Give him a follow on Twitter at Nell underscore BTP. All right, Linnell, real quick, one more, cri- like uh, another critical, I guess, angle that we'll take here before we look at some of the positives. Uh, Carson Wentz. We didn't see a ton from him yesterday. Again, like 6 of 9, 60 yards. Had an opportunity to make a play on third down. Didn't ultimately get it done. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm trying not to take too much away from from what he's done this preseason because it is the preseason, and, and they're certainly not opening up the whole playbook right now. He hit Terry McLaurin on a couple of nice passes. They set up a nice screenplay to Jahan Dotson as well. But what did you think of what we saw from Carson Wentz? I thought Carson Wentz, once again, was solid, but not great. And, and to, to talk about in reference to the third down play that you're talking about, everybody on Twitter, all the armchair GMs are killing Carson Wentz right now because of the fact that he took a sack on, on a third and long. But no one's talking about the fact that they were in third and five, and then Sam Cosme false starts, and now you're in third and long. Yep. So, I mean, so, so having to deal with that element of the play as well, it, it changes and handicaps what Scott Turner wants to do with the play call. And then on that same exact play, Washington's got two guys committed to blocking one guy. It's rookie George Karloftis. He breaks through the double team like it's nothing and ends up getting the sack. Yes, Wentz should have gotten the football out of his hands. But let's remember, like, you can't be too overly critical of the quarterback position, especially with a guy that's coming in learning new stuff. This was their first time on the road. Chase Roulier said in the postgame that because of the, you know, raucous environment at Arrowhead, they were having to go silent count the entire game. That's the first time that they've probably even practiced that. So... <laughs> kudos to Carson Wentz. I thought he's been solid throughout the first two preseason games. I think, you know, I've said it yesterday on the pre and post. For for me, in evaluating Carson Wentz in this first-team offense, it's more about the process than the day-to-day results. So through two preseason games, about three-quarters of work, Carson Wentz 16 of 22 for 138 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions either. But you, you see the thing that people are kind of frustrated with. Haven't really seen them connect down the field on too many passes, but as I mentioned, it's more about the process and the results. As they get further and further into, into training camp and get closer to week one against Jacksonville, I expect the timing and rhythm of this offense to continue. And that's also why it was disappointing yesterday that they had to deal with the injury situation up front because Carson Wentz needs more time out there, and, and unfortunately he couldn't get a whole half of it. It's, it's all very well said, and, and before I certainly put too much stock in, into what Wentz has done so far this season, I definitely also 
want to see a few more reps that that he's able to get with the whole first team offense being able to to have a full game to work with a guy like Terry and and Dotson obviously seems like a guy that could make some impact plays as well not to mention Cam Sims had a really nice catch in the back of the end zone yesterday for a touchdown from Taylor Heineke that was really cool to see as well but but the the guy that's generated a lot of buzz over the last week and a half maybe the last two weeks Linnell is Brian Robinson Jr. in the backfield coming in and really just looking like a, a very solid every down type of back in, in his first couple of games, just shy of four yards of carry yesterday, uh, but very similar production to, to his first game, minus the touchdown, obviously. I'm curious as to what impresses you about Brian Robinson Jr., but also I think that Antonio Gibson still has a lot to give this team as well, so I don't want to forget about him either. We'll start with Antonio Gibson. Uh, you saw, obviously, yesterday a couple times they were able to get him the football in space in the passing game. Uh, one one of those plays on the third down, I believe it was, Carson Wentz just airmails it. Uh, they lined up Antonio Gibson in the slot, and he, you know, overthrew him, but would have been a first down. But with Gibson, like, it's all about getting him the football in space. I think that's where he's better at right now. Um, running in between the tackles, probably not his thing at the moment, which is no problem. He's still a weapon. And I, and I don't want you know, fans to think that he should just be completely in the doghouse. He is still one of the most explosive members of this offense, and I think he's going to help this team win football games. But you talk about Brian Robinson, and it's hard not to be impressed. The guy that stands at six foot one, two 225, to run with the pad level that he does, you see the, the, the difference in running style uh, between him and Antonio Gibson. They're the same size, but it's about Robinson, him being so decisive uh, as a runner. He puts his foot in the ground and gets upfield. There's no east and west dancing he's trying to get all the dirty yards and, and it kind of reminds me of Alfred Morris Danny I mean Alfred Morris so many times when he was here in Washington would make these four and five yard runs that that make you go wow you know and it's only four and five yards but it's like how he got there road grading guys continuing to keep his legs moving running with good pad level keeping your shoulders square I think Brian Robinson is going to have you know a bright future in this league and I think he, he may have unseated uh, Antonio Gibson as a new running back one in Washington I was shocked uh, that he got the first carry of the game. It kind of fed into all the drama and rumors that we were talking about during the week. But yeah. for Brian Robinson, I got a little nugget for you, Danny. So six of his eight carries against the Chiefs yesterday okay. resulted in a run of at least five yards or a first down, which is wow. like, wow. <laughs> Make sure you put that one in your back pocket for later on this week, partner. That's a good nugget right there. Wow. Yeah. That's incredibly efficient as well. And for me, I just think when you see Robinson run the football, he he looks like an Alabama running back. You know, he you mentioned Alfred Morris. I I don't want to compare him to someone like Derrick Henry right now, who's on the top of the NFL and and, and is you know the king of of running the ball. But he he does have that type of physical presence about him, where he's just really difficult to bring down. So Linnell, real quick before I let you go, Ravens game next weekend. Is there anything? in particular that you're going to have your eyes locked in on as we play this final preseason game? Yeah, I need to see the other guys along this defensive line show that they're going to be able to contribute when the season starts. We all know Chase Young is probably going to be on the shelf for at least the first month of the season if they're smart about it. Guys like James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, Boomy Routini, F.A. Obata. I need to see that Daniel Wise. I need to see the other guys prove that they can generate some pass for us because yesterday it seemed like it was only John Allen and Montez Sweat doing anything. I know Shaka Tony had a good rushing sack uh, toward the end going against the third team guys, but we need to see more from these other edge rushers because if Washington can't get consistent pressure on the quarterback, it is going to be a long season for them defensively. 
All right, Linnell, thanks so much for the insight and analysis, buddy. It has been absolutely fantastic. Hey, when is your next show? When can we let our listeners know when to hear you next? Uh, tomorrow night, 6.30 to 10. We'll, we'll continue to take a deep dive and get into this film and break it down. I love it. All right, Linnell, thanks so much, buddy. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll hear again from you soon. Hey, appreciate you, buddy. I'll be listening the rest of the way. All right, bud. Appreciate you. There he is. That's Linnell Willingham. He is the pre- and post-game host for the Washington Commanders right here on 106.7 The Fan, also an overtime host. And you can hear him right here on Overtime, 106.7 The Fan, 6.30 to 10 p.m. tomorrow night. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss that. Linnell was there for the pre- and post-game coverage yesterday. He's been locked in on the Commanders all training camp long. And he gave us some great, including an impressive nugget there. Brian Robinson Jr., this is from Linnell. Six of his eight runs yesterday resulted in either five yards or more or a first down. That's pretty impressive. It, it really is hard at this point not to look at him as the running back one of this stable of backs that the commanders have. I want to talk about that a little bit more next. More on the commanders and your calls at 800-636-1067. Stick around. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Recapping the Commanders' 24-14 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Well, we're more so just talking a little NFL as we get ready for the regular season. Now, about a week or so away from finishing up the preseason games, and the Commanders will come back out for their preseason finale against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore next weekend. That's something to keep an eye on. But I do want to send a... Big thank you to our guy, Lindell Willingham, pre- and post-game coverage for the Commanders right here on 106.7 The Fan. He's an overtime host as well. Appreciate his time. He joined us in the last segment, gave us a great breakdown, some great analysis on some of the action that we saw yesterday. Among that action, Brian Robinson Jr. at running back for the Commanders, possibly becoming the new number one option there. He certainly has played that part, and he has played the best. He's run the ball most effectively this preseason and just the way that he looks, I heard John. I, I saw John Kime tweet something out maybe 30 or so minutes ago talking about his lean. I was talking about an hour ago about his tilt, tilt, lean, similar types of things that we're talking about there. It's his pad level, the way that he's able to move between the tackles very seamlessly. It's, it's very exciting to think about what a backfield with him that also features Gibson and McKissick who can really help you in the passing game. I love the weapons that they have there. A lot of it's going to depend on how effective can Carson Wentz be and how healthy can everybody stay, particularly 
the offensive line. But my producer, Ryan Clary, just sent me a very interesting tweet that is making the rounds last night and into this morning because it's the price of beer at every NFL stadium. And actually, let's start at the bottom of the list real quick before we actually get into who's at the top of the list. The cheapest beer in the NFL, surprisingly, is shared at least in part by the New York Jets. And I think this is maybe one of the more surprising things about this list is that a team from New York, and yes, I know that they play their games in New Jersey technically, but they've actually got the cheapest beer in the NFL. Now, it's the Jets, the Falcons, and the Lions. Those are three of the worst teams in the NFL. So it does make sense that if your team's bad, that you would sell cheap beer. At least that's what you would do if, you know, you want people to come to your games, right? That That's what I would think, at least. So Packers-Cowboys moving about midway through the list. They charge about nine fifty for a small draft beer. Thinking about paying 10 bucks for a beer probably makes all of us cringe, but Packers-Cowboys, two storied franchises, that's still not among the most expensive. The most expensive beer in the NFL per cup of small draft beer belongs to your Washington Commanders at a whopping $14 per beer and a $2.50 cushion between the next four teams, Ryan. I mean, it's one thing to, A, have a bad product that you put out on the field, B, have a bad product in an NFL stadium that has pipe bursts and leaking fluid out onto your fans. The playing surface has been questionable for several years at this point. You have off-the-field issues, several lawsuits, but now you're charging fans more money than any other team in the National Football League just to come and drink a beer. It To say that it's tone deaf and doesn't make sense wouldn't even be doing it justice. It's actually hilarious that the commanders are still at the top of this list. And it's not surprising. That's that's just another thing about it is you know this franchise and the history under Dan Snyder. This does not surprise me one bit that we are $2.50 more expensive than the second most expensive uh, team selling beer. Yeah. I mean, like, a- this isn't... This isn't like the end-all be-all, but come on. Like, just read the room. There's no one in your stadium. No one wants to come. No one wants to support your team and wear the gear. Or not no one, but there's a lot of people out there that aren't diehards anymore. Right. Make it just adjust. Adjust. Give your Throw a bone to the fan base. Say, hey, we have cheap beer now. Fill up the stands. People won't care about that stadium if you're winning, if it's a good experience. And... Paying a boatload of money to go there is part of the experience. And that just goes to show you why people don't want to go to these games. It's a thing. And I'm looking at uh, somebody followed up on this tweet, too, with with actual photos and screenshots of what the menus at FedEx Field currently look like. And at several of these concession stands, they're charging $18 for a craft or a specialty beer. And then... You can get a domestic king can for for sixteen dollars, which, in terms of volume, is actually not the worst deal. But again, the fact that the commanders, who already have one of the worst fan experiences, if not the worst fan experience in the National Football League, on top of all the reasons that we just laid out, it just it doesn't make sense that that this would be the case. I mean, it, it makes sense 
from our expectations and what we know about this franchise, it makes sense from that. But if you were running a successful business, right? If you were a good business person, that's not something that you would do, but only Dan Snyder does that sort of thing. So, and by the way, in case you were curious as to who is in second place behind the commanders, $2 and 50 cents below, right? I used to get beers for less than $2 and 50 cents. If you can believe that in college back in the day, but it's the Buccaneers, the Saints, the 49ers, and the Jaguars that are second in their price for a small draft beer. Bucks just won a, a, a Super Bowl. The Niners were just in a Super Bowl. The Saints and the Jags, okay, they're 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 falling off a little bit. The Saints, obviously, with Breeze retiring, and, and the Jags, the the Jags are, are are a laughing stock after Urban Meyer came and went there. But I mean, goodness gracious. You, you you would think, as as Ryan was saying, that you would give the fans something, right? Something to just make all of what's been happening, right? And and it's almost entirely been negative. And and I'm not even looking at this from just like the last couple of years. I'm look. You could you could break this out into like we've been saying the last thirty years. There's there's not been a lot of positivity around the franchise, and there are still people that will support this team no matter what. And darn it, that's more power to those people because those those are the, the sparse group that was at FedEx Field to watch the preseason home opener last week against the Carolina Panthers. And and that's really all that you've got right now. If, if you're Snyder and Jason Wright and trying to get people to come out to these games because what's the draw right now? I mean, you start winning football games, okay, then, then you're on to something, but... You would think that they would just give fans a little something to nibble on. I mean, they've already not taken fan advice on most of what's happened with the rebrand, right? I mean, I guess they they the what they did take the advice on from the fans was to keep the colors, right? Burgundy and gold. They still have that. Red Wolves seem to have been the name that the most vocal part of the fan base was. I'm still not necessarily sold that Red Wolves was what a majority of the fan base wanted the new team name to be. I just I think that's what people on Twitter wanted. I think if you pulled people outside of Twitter, that would not have been it. I did not like the name Red Wolves. I'm very much on the record with saying that. But clearly they, they didn't go with, and for whatever their reason was, they, they didn't go with what was making the most noise from the fan base there. Uh, changing the name at all would be one of those things but again that was going to happen no matter what that, that was years in the making decades in the making they were going to be forced to do that their sponsors were pulling all of their money so they were going to have to they were they were being forced to make a change or, or they weren't going to have they were going to have hardly any revenue it, it was going to be a joke and speaking of sponsors pulling out of sponsoring the commanders that may have something to do with why beer is so darn expensive at FedEx Field, $14, it might not be quite that much if the commander still had a sponsorship with Anheuser-Busch. And there's, if you, if you know anything about beer in the United States and the way that it interacts with these major sports leagues, there's essentially only two major beer distributors that, that you can sign on with. And the commanders lost their chance to work with both of them. So they don't have a beer sponsor right now. And so something about that leads me to believe that it probably has something to do with why beer is so expensive there. I mean, you just imagine having to get it over to FedEx Field. If you don't have a distributor, you're probably paying extra fees. 
and you're going to have to do that an extra, you know, eight times this year where if you had a sponsor, you might not have to pay that much. Now, I don't know everything there is about the beer industry, but I, I just I have to think that that probably has at least something to do with it. We're not going to see the commanders at home at FedEx Field again until the regular season. They're going to play this final preseason game over in Baltimore next weekend. But that game against the Panthers was was the only chance to see the new field, what the new end zones would look like, the logo on the field. and like, It's all well and good. I have fight song, though, man. Just another thing where you have to wonder why they didn't just try to keep everything as close to the same as it was as possible and just swap out everything Redskins with Commanders. Swap out the logo on the helmets. Swap out the name across the front of the jersey. Swap out the name in the fight song. You could have just done that in two to three months after you announced the name was going to change and people would have forgot about it and people wouldn't still be talking about this. But at every turn, there's just a new thing to criticize that has nothing to do with football. And, and we've spent a good bit of this show criticizing what happened on the field yesterday too now with plenty of positives because i do think there's still a lot of optimism to go around for this team this year there's a lot of talent and they're they're on paper i think still set up to be a better team than they were last year which was a seven and ten football team but there it seems like there's something new every single day the beer at the stadium the fight song dan snyder's avoiding being summoned in court because he's over in Spain on his yacht. I mean, it's it's just one thing after another. So you have to, you don't wonder at this point, this fan base doesn't wonder when it's going to end. We know it's not going to end because we know where the root of the problem is. But man, it would be nice if they wised up and just threw us a bone, wouldn't it? Drop those prices down to about 10 bucks for a small draft beer, huh? Then you might get a few more fans out there. That's still ridiculously expensive. And by the way, I mentioned that I went out to a Padres game back in June earlier this year. Amazing experience. They have an amazing ballpark out there. Petco is fantastic. Drinks are incredibly expensive out there as well. I think we bought, because we were trying to kill some time, and we were going to the airport later, so we were trying to catch a little buzz, if you will. So we bought some liquor drinks, and I want to say that those were like north of 20 bucks. Um, it was, it was pre- and they weren't, they weren't anything more than what you would you know, a a shot and a half maybe in these drinks. It wasn't anything crazy. So uh, prices of alcohol at at every professional sports stadium are ridiculously higher than they should be. But it's it's obviously an even worse look for the commanders to be so much further ahead of the rest of the NFL in the price for a small draft beer. Anyway, we got to step aside. We are running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. One final segment when we come back. We'll wrap everything up, tie a nice bow, and get you off to the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Keep it locked. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Final segment this Sunday morning. Thanks for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. 106.7 The Fan. We're back with you for just a couple of more minutes. Remember, coming up at 4.10 today, we've got Nationals baseball. Nats at the Padres finishing up the series. Padres looking to split the series. Nats looking to win the series. And definitely want to send thank yous to both of my guests today. RJ Anderson, CBSSports.com's Major League Baseball coverage. Talk to him back in the 10 o'clock hour. And a big thank you to our guy, Linnell Willingham, 106.7 The Fans pre- and post-game host for Washington Commanders football. And you'll hear him on overtime tomorrow right here on 106.7 The Fan from 6.30 to 10. I will also be back on overtime several times this week, Tuesday and Thursday. I'm 6.30 to 9.40 on Tuesday evening and then 6.30 to 10 on Thursday evening. So a lot of me and Linnell coming at you in overtime this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to send a big thank you as well to my producer, Ryan Clary. Appreciate all of his hard work chopping up some audio for us. It's been a fun show. Wish we had more time, honestly. It was an interesting graphic that popped up on my screen during that Commanders game last night when I saw how many, how few holdovers there are since Coach Rivera was hired. It's actually pretty crazy when you think about it. That list is continuously shrinking as he tries to build things in his own vision. But it's been fun. Commanders back in action at the Ravens next week. Nats baseball at 410 today. We will talk to you all later. I'm out of here. Deuces. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.